Last week, I think I referred to the Feast of Tabernacles when I was thinking of the Feast of the Trumpets. Because <laughs> last week, last Friday, not this one, the one before, Friday week, was the Feast of the Trumpets. That is the Jewish New Year. This today is the, uh, I'll get this one right, it's the Feast of Atonement. Yom Kippur, and if you've been watching the news, the Jews are all up in arms, especially the, the Orthodox people, because they're not allowed to go to their synagogue on the most important day of the year. This is the day that only the high priests went in to offer a sacrifice for the people in the whole year, into the Holy of Holies. And so it's a very important day to them. And so <clears throat> we have already had this year the Feast of the Passover, the Crucifixion, and we at Easter time, that we remember our Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. The Feast of Unleavened Bread happened during that time among the Jews, and then the Feast of the First Fruits, which was the resurrection, well, on that weekend of Easter, uh, <clears throat> the resurrection of the Lord Jesus on the first day of the week. And then the Feast of Pentecost happened, come and went, and we don't usually say much about that. I think the only time in the church here we've ever done something on that day different was... Um, John Contista, remember John Contista, if you've been around a long time, he, he wanted to get baptised on the Feast of Pentecost. He thought it was an appropriate thing to do in the river. So that's 50 days after April, we're into winter. <laughs> it was cold. <laughs> there was fog coming off the, off the water. That's how cold outside the water it was. And so we did that down the river, and the river was right down low like it does <laughs> So that was interesting. Feast of the Trumpets was the next one. And that was, as I said, last Friday week. Today, the Feast of Atonement. And you say, why talk about those feasts? Well, they all have significance in relation to the church. If you follow the other ones, Feast of Pentecost, what happened? Pentecost happened on that day. The Holy Spirit came. The Passover, what happened that weekend? The Lord died on that day they were preparing the Passover. What happened there at the Feast of the of, uh, First Fruits? The Lord Jesus was raised from the dead. And I don't know that the Lord's going to fulfill all the others on the same day they're doing it here. He does something. In type, they were in the Old Testament, as it were, fulfilled. What is it? We say the <clears throat> Old Testament is a New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed, opened up to us. And so you... You, you tie them both together. We don't just preach from the New Testament. We preach from all over because all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine and for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Well, we've been covering, covering the un, five untils. The first day I put them all up thinking I'd get through them all, and we got through one. Last week we got through another one, and today we'll only do one at the most. Today we look, we've looked at... I will go and return to my place till they knowledge their offence, their offence of crucifying the Lord. That's in Hosea chapter 5. That was the till or until of dispersion. From that point, they were scattered around the world and haven't been back in full since then. Then last week was the until of desolation. Um, <clears throat> Behold, your house is left to you desolate, Till ye say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. 
And that's in Matthew 23:39, as the Lord pronounced that judgment upon them. Your house is desolate to you. And <clears throat> they haven't said that yet, have they? <laughs> can, you, can we envisage right now any of the uh, Jewish people, the Orthodox people, saying, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord, speaking of the Lord Jesus, not in your, not in your life, uh, right now. But one day they will be so broken that they will. And <clears throat> just yesterday there was a documentary on the Holocaust. And a fellow does railways around the world. And he did the railways that allowed Hitler to do what he did. And it was only through the railways he could move so many people to where he moved them. And how he put extra rail, extra lines in so that that might be the case, that he could shift people en masse to places of execution, basically. And it was, they went through a survivor, he was there with them and talked about, yeah, we went there, we went here, I went through those doors and it was sort of pretty personal. But he didn't go into the actual gas chambers, the commentator did, but not the chap, he, was, he would have been too moved. <clears throat> and where six million Jews died there. And the desolation, <clears throat> we think, well, that's, that's it, surely. No more Jews to die in a, a Holocaust type of situation. But the scripture says otherwise, doesn't it? And as we mentioned, there is a desolation coming. And it's going to be as big, if not bigger than that. If only they would see that they need to trust the Lord Jesus as their saviour and be delivered from that. And we made little mention of it, but looking at that documentary, I thought, yes, there is a terrible one coming worse than that. Not in the place that the last one happened. This will happen more in Israel itself. And we come to the third desolation that we're talking about. No, third until. And that's the until of domination. So of dispersion all around the world in Hosea. Desolation in Matthew 23. And we come to the until of Gentile domination. And that's found in the reading that Troy read for us in verse 24, where it says, And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. If you notice in its context there, verses 20 and following, the Lord talked there about Jerusalem being surrounded by armies. And the armies of Titus in 70 AD and he desolated the place. More than a million died at that time. Masada, we mentioned it last week. But then he went straight on to speaking about they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations till or Jerusalem will be trodden down until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. You say, well, Israel's occupied by Jewish people. Israel's there. But what don't they have control of? (laughs) That's most important to a Jewish person, if you're a God-fearing person over there or a a religious Orthodox person. (laughs) The temple, the temple mount. And they, as you see, the other nations still control that place. We live in in the last two weeks. What are they trying to do? (laughs) Have a peace accord. It's called the Abraham Accord for normalization. 
and uh, <clears throat> they're trying to get that sign. Some people, quite a few, have joined in. Others are very Islamic countries are very much against that. So it is interesting that they're trying to get that portion back. They had it after the Six-Day War, but they gave it back for the Jordanians to control that area, if you recall that time or have read of that. Now, the times of the Gentiles is not the same as another one that will look at the fullness of the Gentiles because there's an until attached to that one too. Um, I've asked the question before, and I don't think anyone could put their hand up to this. Is any person a Jew here today? We've got visitors? I don't know. <laughs> in in <laughs> he's, uh, he's joking down here. <laughs> he's trying to fire me up. <laughs> but no, we are Gentiles. <laughs> If we've come from any other nation but Israel, we are Gentiles. Um, <clears throat> interesting fact that as I was reading in preparation for this, we in Genesis one uh, 6 and verse 1, in Noah's time, men began to multiply on the earth. And uh, they did great wickedness. Evil was everywhere. The imaginations of the thoughts were only evil continually. And as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be when the Lord comes again. If, as far as the population of the world is concerned, almost 200 years, 180 years ago was only 1 billion people. It has exploded because <laughs> we're in um, 2024, 20, I think it is. They reckon it'll reach... 8 billion from 1 to 8 billion in 180 years incredible explosion and with that explosion of people has come talent abilities understanding of things and they're able we're able to put things together that we couldn't before we're able to do things united together um (laughs) i was thinking ah maybe i shouldn't keep preaching these untils put something else in between and um, I think the Lord pointed out to me two things that I read. One of them was this one in the Berean box here in the magazine I get. Are the times of the Gentiles fulfilled? <laughs> well, that's the exact topic that I had for this week, so I better preach it. <laughs> so here we go into this one. Let us pray before we do. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you that it gives such clarity to things that we understand and believe as we apply ourselves to read and comprehend what it's saying. Thank you for the history that you've written of the world. Thank you for the future things you've told us about in prophecy. Thank you for the personal things you've given us and for the person of the Lord Jesus given to us as a sacrifice for our sins that we might be saved that we might inherit eternal life through becoming the children of God. And bless any that have not received you as their saviour with salvation today, as they by faith believe the word. Minister to us for your glory and praise until you come. In Jesus' name, amen. If you are following the outline that is put on WhatsApp, And I think it's on the sermon when it comes up on 
the YouTube spot, we have first of all the dawning of the nations and of Israel. How long ago was it when creation happened? 6,000 years. And if we have um, anybody that is an evolutionist here, what would they say? You're all mad. (laughs) Because they would say it's many, many more years than that. They would say the Plerosaurus died out 66 million years ago and man came on the scene about five, a billion. I don't know if it's it's billion. (laughs) I just don't even think about it, what they say. But man died out so many million years ago. Well, if you get Creation magazine, they've got this, this article in it this week. Well, I don't know, a few weeks ago when I got it. It's got that burqa because it's found in the town in Sweden. They found this in Burka, the town, pinhead. And the Vikings had this pinhead on them. They, they pinned it on themselves. I don't know if it was for buttons, because this is a lot bigger than the actual thing was. And <clears throat> people say, well, how did they know what it looked like? Why did they, why did they do this? And then they found a soapstone carving that they poured this into to make the metal little metal thing and they've got a picture of that they found that in Sweden too but then they've put three occasions and let me read this to you there are numerous historical accounts of similar Pleosaurus like animals on on the 6th of July in 1734 a Lutheran missionary Hans Edgar while off the coast of Greenland observed a sea serpent longer than their ship, resembling nothing he had seen before. It raised itself so high above the water that its head reached above our main top. I'd say that would be the mast. It had a long, sharp snout, large, broad flippers, flappers, they call them, and the, the body was, as it were, covered with a hard skin, and it was very wrinkled and uneven on its skin. Moreover, on the lower part of it, was formed like a snake. That's how he described it. Move forward, closer to us, 1840. HMS Fly was in the Gulf of California, and Captain George Hope stated that while the sea was calm and transparent, he saw at the bottom a large marine animal with the head and general figure of an alligator, except the neck was much longer, and instead of legs... The creature had four large flappers, somewhat like those of turtles, the anterior part being longer than the posterior, the flappers on the front bigger than the back ones. Again in 1948. 1948. Now these things, according to the evolutionists, died out 66 million years ago. I might be wrong, it might be billion, I'm not... Anyway, look it up yourself. (laughs) It's a long time that they say... But in 1948, HMS Daedalus was between Cape of Good Hope and St. Helen when at four o'clock in the afternoon it experienced, its experienced captain, Peter McQuarr, and the crew observed a sea serpent for about 20 minutes. It held its snake-like head above four feet out of the water, a top and neck about 40 centimetres in diameter, and had a body about 18 metres or 60 feet long, the length of this building. <clears throat> and lay a straight line on the surface. 
It had a jaw full of large jagged teeth <laughs> and uh, <coughs> when it opened its jaws, that is it had large jagged teeth when it opened its jaws and interestingly had something like a mane of a horse or rather a bunch of seaweed washed about its back. Perhaps this was what the Burka pinhead had on the Viking ships that they put that head up the front. Now you see... When uh, Peter said, 6,000 years, do you really believe that? See, it's a matter of faith, believing what God has said in his word. It is 6,000 years ago. It's not millions and billions of years ago. And these things, according to personal testimony, this is only three of the ones they could have, has been around with man. Man's footsteps have been found with dinosaur footsteps. And they're imprinted in the mud and then it's gone to rock. And there's many articles with the um, experience of the creation people that go around the world digging these things up and finding them in quarries. It's, it, it, they were here when we were here. They were not before man. They were all created in the creation week. Now, 4,000 years ago, you say, what's all this got to do with the times of the Gentiles? Well, when did the Gentiles start? 4,000 years from creation. But what happened about 1,650 years after creation? The flood. The flood occurred. Noah's flood decimated everything. It's interesting there that they had sons and daughters, sons and daughters. It keeps on saying that about the descendants of Adam. Sons and daughters. And then come to Noah, he had, when he was 500 years old, it states, three sons. Three sons. So he wasn't doing his bit, as it were, to fill the earth with people. But he had three faithful sons. It's probably better to have three faithful sons than a whole heap of children that go to eternal punishment in hell who don't believe the Lord, isn't it? It would be far better. And... <clears throat> So he had them. But was that when the nation started? The flood happened. It decimated all of them. The sons of Noah, you probably know their names. Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Um, <clears throat> from these, if you look at history and the names of their descendants in the book of Genesis, Japheth went north, east, and west. Shem stayed, uh, went west somewhat from where they were at Babel and that was more the Middle Eastern people and Ham went more south and spread out both east and west and that's where the nations have come from now the nations got started at that time I'd like to look I've got all the references here I spent a lot of time I, even though I've been in doing this for 50 years studying it it's good to go over it again and read it and say wow you know this little thing I picked up that we have being told to us over and over again, after the flood, what was the next big thing that we have recorded in the Bible? The Tower of Babel. Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord, decided to let's stay together. If we split up, we're going to be spread all over the scattered all over the world. That's what God said to do. <laughs> but he was doing the opposite. Let's stick together. And they built them a tower and a plain of Shona that um, 
reached unto heaven, as it were. And they, this is the Babylonish religion that Revelation 17 and 18 deal with. <laughs> it's all going to finally be dealt with, but it started back there. But he said, lest we be scattered together. And immediately come to my mind, we're all in this together. We're all in, the, and it's been o- repeated over and over. Now, yes, we need to fight the thing together. But it's a worldwide chant, just as Nimrod said, we're in this together, let's stick together, let's not divide and uh, spread over the world as God has said. We're all in this together. I can hear that chant going on into the tribulation. We're all in this together. We're a one world, one world global financial system, one world police force, one world army, one world government. Let's, let's all do it together. Together we will stay together. And the book of Revelation tells us what happens to that effort to combine all, uh, particularly in the middle of that seven years where Satan tries to get total control. No man having, uh, buying or selling unless they've got a mark here or, hey, someone pointed out, where are they shooting you when you go to places like the doctors? I mean, (laughs) testing your temperature. (laughs) Well, all in this together. And what did God do? He confused the languages. That's, say, say, about 100 years after the flood. And then there was the Egyptian Empire. And all this is, this is in the Bible. And um, <clears throat> we know that Abraham was around. Egyptian Empire was already established when Abraham went from Ur of the Chaldeans down and was called to go to the Middle East, into Canaan. And uh, because he went down there, remember, <laughs> And it had been established for at least 200 years. Say, after Babel, no, after the flood, the Egyptian empire would have been established about 150 or so years after the flood. Because after the, Abraham was called 350 years after the flood to go into the promised land. And it's important to get the dates right in all this. Main date, creation. Date zero, (laughs) That's the starting date. 1656 was the flood. Abraham went and was called out of Ur of the Chaldeans in almost 2000 BC, 2000 years from creation. Either way, he's right there in the middle. So that's easy to remember. Just remember when Abraham was called because the whole Old Testament revolves around that and right on into the New Testament. This is a Jewish book. Our Bible is a Jewish book. It's about them, about their history. And you see, why isn't Australia, why isn't America, why isn't Canada and England, you know, all in the pages of the Bible? Because we're so far removed. It's about Israel and the nations relate to Israel close at hand. And, <clears throat> and they, met, they are mentioned. And particularly those that do something to Israel and what God does to them. You read the history, it's all through there. And read the prophecy of what's going to happen to those nations. And so the nations the Gentiles started. Let's turn to one reference. This is in Genesis chapter 10. So you say he's lying there or not telling the truth. <laughs> we'll go to Genesis chapter 10 verse 5. <clears throat> this is under the Japheth, one of Noah's sons, and the different ones that descended from him. And then in verse 5 it reads... And by these were the isles of the Gentiles divided into their lands. 
everyone after his tongue after their families in their nations. How were the nations divided? At the Tower of Babel, by their tongues, by what they spoke, the language they spoke. And the Gentiles started after the Tower of Babel. And they went everywhere into different, peop- into different people groups, language groups. And that's the nations. And God, it says in the scripture, has set the bounds of the nations. <laughs> this is your spot. <laughs> this is where you will be established. And we see that in the world today, but they are breaking that down in the way things operate and migration these days. So you've got that one started Now, what about Abraham? Who is he the father of, the nation of? Israel, the nation of Israel. It seems from the reference to a fellow called Peleg in Genesis 10.25 that that's when Babel happened, and that is about 101 years after the flood. But Abraham, well, he was called to enter into Canaan in 1998. I just say 2000, it makes it easy to remember. 2000 BC, he was called to go out. And so a few hundred years after the flood, the nation of Israel started. In relation to our reference in Luke chapter 21, it refers to these two people groups, as it were. The nations, the Gentiles, and the Jews. They shall fall by the edge of the sword, the Jews, if you read all the verses before it, and shall be led away captive into all nations, the Gentiles, and Jerusalem shall be trodden down by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. One day, time's up for us Gentiles. (laughs) One day it'll all be done. It'll be finished. God knows the set time and date. As you move from Abraham... It talks about 430 years they were captive and in two other places it talks about 400 years captive in Egypt. And it doesn't figure out as you read the genealogies in Genesis. That's only 200 and something years. Well, what most scholars do is take it back to the time that Ishmael was joking on his half-brother Isaac. Remember that occasion? And he was mocking him. And Hagar was, Sarah said, Hagar's got to go. And she went, but she came back, as we know the story there. And if you take it from that day, 430 years is when they came out of Egypt from that point to there. And this is easy to remember too. 430 years they were captive in Egypt. Then there's another a lot of years, 438 years, where the judges ruled in Israel. 438 years. So 430, 438. And then there was 505 years until they were finally taken captive into Babylon. So there's three groups of years and they were taken captive in Babylon. Uh, <clears throat> some state, well, what about the other captivity that was 130 years prior by the Assyrians? the ten northern tribes. Well, we take it that the times of the Gentiles, and we'll look at this in a bit, when did it start? We know when it's going to finish, but when did it start? (laughs) Well, let's move on from the dawning of the nations. So you have the nations started 
at the Tower of Babel when they were split. Israel started about 2000 BC when Abraham was called and went into, called from Ur to go into Canaan at that time. And these are dates not exact, but close enough to be instructive for us. Now we go to the development, the description and the depictions of the Gentile nations because they're fairly important. They occupy a lot of time as far as time is concerned, years, and they in, there's a lot of Bible about them, especially in the prophets. We've mentioned the Egyptian Empire, established after Babel, about 150 years. The Assyrian Empire... Well, it was established about 883 years, or BC 883. They lasted about 268 years. What do we know about the Assyrian Empire? What was the capital of Assyria? There's a prophet that was told to go there and he didn't want to go. Nineveh. (laughs) And he was told to go to Nineveh and his name was Jonah and he didn't know, I'm not going there. I know what they're like. They're brutal, they're barbaric, they skin people alive. Literally, that's what they did in Nineveh. So the Assyrians were a pretty brutal bunch. And that's why God was going to destroy them. And he sent Jonah up there and said, go preach. And it was a long time. He walked through the city. Was it two days or so? He walked through the city preaching. You know, the judgment's coming, judgment's coming. Sounds like Pastor Jacob. <laughs> you know, get ready. It's just around the corner. And they all repented and he, he got real mad. <laughs> Heaps of people got saved and the evangelist got mad. <laughs> he, he got sad. And he sulked under it, you know, all the... Read Jonah. It's a bit... It's a classic, isn't it? <laughs> but they were, that was the capital of Assyria on the Tigris River above the Euphrates. What is that? Northern Iraq now, where that is. And uh, he went there. That... Kingdom lasted about 268. I must move on. There's so many stories you could tell from the Bible about these nations. Then there was the Babylonian Empire. The Babylonian Empire. Let's go to Daniel chapter 2. Because here in prophecy was written, we look back at as as it is history. He was looking forward to this happening and it began to happen in his day and Nebuchadnezzar had a dream and Daniel was given the dream and the interpretation of the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had in chapter 2 and verse 36 this is the dream and we will tell the interpretation before the king thou O king art a king of kings he's talking to Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon for the God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom and power and strength and glory And wherever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field and the fowls of heaven, hath he given into thine hand and made thee ruler over them all. Thou art this head of gold. Remember the image? Gold, silver, brass, iron, and iron and clay of this image of a man that he had dreamed. You're You're the king. And you've heard all this before. Well, this is the Babylonian Empire. It only lasted about 80 years. It rose to power real quick, quickly after the Assyrian Empire and was decimated as the Medo-Persians captured them by diverting the, Euphrates, the, the Tigris River around 
instead of going under the wall and then crept in under the wall that night. Meanie, meanie, tickle, Euphyson on the wall, remember? <laughs> the hands are writing on the wall and that, that happened that night. The Babylonians fell. But here he's mentioned as the head of gold. In chapter 7 and verse 4 of Daniel, we won't read it, but there he, Babylonian empire is depicted like a lion. Like a lion. <clears throat> anyway, these are the ones that took the children of Israel captive. There were three deportations where the children of Babylon come down and disciplined and disciplined and disciplined them. Daniel went in the first deportation. He was in Babylon when he received this revelation, this vision. But the third and final deportation of the Jews from Israel to Babylon happened in 586 BC. That's another date, if you can remember, remember that one. That's when... The Gentiles began to tread down Jerusalem. That's when the Gentiles had say what happened there. Even though Israel came back, the Gentile nation still had the say as what happened. Whether it be the Greeks, the Babylonians, or whether it be the Romans, they had the say. And whether it be today, you know, Israel would like it back. They should have kept it when they got it. (laughs) But they would like it back, the whole place. The whole place, by the way, includes a lot more than they've got now. (laughs) You go to the Golan Heights, they have got that. But you go north and go right up to the Great River, (laughs) Euphrates. Wow, Syria, Lebanon, Iraq. You're in occupied territory. You won't hear that from any commentator. (laughs) But you're in Israel's territory that was given by God to them. And you go down south. The Egyptians, they, was, they captured it right down to the Nile River. In the, but they gave it back to them. Probably didn't have enough people to fill the place. <laughs> but they've given it back. You see, they're, they're still under Gentile domination, the nation of Israel. It started with the Babylonian Empire. And then in Daniel 2 in verse 32, the next part of that vision... It said, this image, uh, 32, I was in, uh, yes, that's it, verse 32, this head was of fine gold, its breast and its arms of uh, uh, silver, of, it was its belly, the silver part of it. Um, <clears throat> this represents the Medo-Persian Empire. If you go to chapter, verse 39, same chapter, and there shall arise another kingdom after Babylon, inferior to thee, King Nebuchadnezzar, and a third of brass, which is the Grecian Empire. So there's a head of gold, Babylon, the breast and arms of silver, the Medo-Persian Empire. And remember, under these, Israel was go, allowed to go back and they were given a lot of stuff from the temple to go back and rebuild the temple. Ezra and Nehemiah talks about that. You know, the, the whole Old Testament, get it, uh, this is the big picture today, <laughs> get it in your mind. Of, so when you read part of the Old Testament, I know where I am <laughs> in history. Medo-Persian Empire. I'm, I'm in the time of the Gentiles. I'm looking at where the Jews are subject to the Gentiles. God never intended that to be, but because of the wickedness of Israel, God had to disperse them. 
because of the adultery and spiritual adultery and idolatry, he scattered them all over the place. But they were allowed to return under the Medo-Persian Empire. And they're only allowed to do, if you read the occasions, what they let them do back there in Jerusalem. The Greeks, the Medo-Persians lasted about 203 years. The Babylonians, 80 years. And the Grecian Empire, about 271 years. And again mentioned in Daniel 2.32 and verse 39 of that portion of Scripture. We read then in verse 40 of Daniel 2, And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron. This is the legs. And iron breaketh in pieces. And who does this represent? The Roman Empire. Also represented by a leopard and a goat in chapter 7. The Roman Empire started in 63 BC and continued part of it to 476 and other parts to 1453 AD. And as we have it in the scriptures, the revived Roman Empire, the toes, the ten toes, iron and clay mixed. And I think we're about there with this image. These are all the Gentiles pictured in the man, all the empires of the world. And it all has to do with their relationship to Israel. You see, Israel's the centerpiece. If you get Israel out of focus and in the wrong with the wrong interpretation, you'll have the Bible gefuddled. It'll be all mixed up. You won't understand it. But if you get Israel in focus, then how all the nations relate to her, past, present and future, the Bible is an easy book to understand. I pray that you do understand it. So <clears throat> they will fall by the edge of the sword. They'll be led away captive into all these nations, all these empires... And Jerusalem will be trodden down, it says in Luke 24 that we've read, Luke 21, 24, till the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. It's still going, isn't it? Times of the Gentiles are still going forward. The duration, how long will this be? How long has it been? Well, if you start when the ten northern tribes went captive and the Gentiles started governing over them, the Assyrians... That's 2,740 years. If you start in 586, which I believe is the best, is the one, when they were finally scattered to two southern tribes, that's about 2,606 years. Then you might say, well, this reference in Luke has to do when they were scattered under Titus in 70 AD. But Jesus said... In Matthew twenty three thirty nine, the desolations and scattering would happen from the point he made that prophecy. And so <clears throat> you can add this up. They've been under Gentile domination for a long time. The duration goes until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Who will be the last Gentile ruler that will boss order around, dictate and cause the greatest holocaust of the Jewish people that ever has happened. Who will it be that does that? That's the final leader. Who does the Bible say he is? The Antichrist. The Antichrist that hates God's program, hates his purposes, hates what he's going to do through the Lord Jesus Christ. And he sitteth in the temple 
making himself that he is God, does miracles in the first part to be installed as the world leader. And the world soon will be crying out for someone, please take control. Someone stop all the mayhem and the the havoc in the world. I think this pandemic that they're calling a pandemic is a little instance to show us how it could happen. That people say, yes, please, take control. But after a while, what do the people say? We want to fire him and fire him and sack him and sack her. Yesterday, was it? (laughs) Oh, no, she she went of her own accord. (laughs) The health minister in Victoria. But people will get to the point where it's become so troublesome, so bad in this world, that they cry out, please, someone step forward. (laughs) And that devil will be glad to present his man, the Antichrist, who will be the final world ruler. And the duration of the times of the Gentiles, folks, is about up. (laughs) We've had our run for two and a half thousand years at least. And now they've broken the language barrier down. We imagine to do whatever we want to do. Let's go to Mars. (laughs) Let's send a man to Mars. Probably is the next step. We've gone to the moon. And once they went to the moon a few times, and uh, well, that's not exciting anymore. Let's go somewhere. And it's amazing, really, it's amazing what men can do when they put their minds to do it, when they are all in it together and they share the knowledge, like with combating this corona thing, they're sharing the knowledge, I hope they are, you know, amongst the scientists who are looking into it. But they can come up with some things. Have you ever looked at a... Well, men do this all the time. You pull something apart, but you don't remember how to put it back together the lawnmower or the car engine or the diff or the the wives are shaking their heads <laughs> because as someone said if man put it together man can pull it apart and put it back together <laughs> but what you need to do is take pictures <laughs> I remember uh, I've, I've done the gearbox in the D6 and it's got three main shafts with big fat ones like this about that long and all the selectors there's five forward gears and four reverse but as you pull it out, you put a big table out and you put that cog, this next, that, next, that, next, this bolt. If I take a bolt out, I take it out to take the, and I put the bolt back in because all the bolts are different length and you'll belly it out if you don't. Anyway, you can, you can do all this and, and man has created some incredible things. The thing that boggles my mind is, these, is this IT stuff. really annoys me. They can't get my head around it. <laughs> Sorry, Robbie, you've got your head around it. <laughs> and others do, but... <clears throat> Who's older here that's got their head around computers? I mean, older 60 and up. No, not many of us do that. But <clears throat> you say, well, how did he invent this? And it's all those zeros and ones and things when they do out the codes. It's all in numbers. But it's all going to come to an end. And I've often wondered in the kingdom of the Lord Jesus, in the millennial kingdom, what will they use? Will they use steam engines? Will they use jet engines? Will they use diesel engines? Yep, (laughs) that's what I'm used to. What will they use? Petrol? Are we really polluting the planet? Are we causing this or are we not? You know, in igloos, 
to make the plants grow better. You know what they pump into the igloos down around in Melbourne area? CO2. CO2. (laughs) Because there's not enough in the atmosphere to make the plants grow, to get it out so that they can grow. To prove that they get it from the air, put a pot plant in with the soil in it. Now, as that pot plant grows, do you have to put more soil in? No. What made the body of the plant? Got it from the atmosphere. (laughs) CO2, main ingredient. And that's what makes it grow. You know, a forest doesn't grow by sucking the floor of the forest down. It grows by absorbing it in and putting the oxygen out. Anyway, that's enough science. (laughs) Sort of. One day it'll come to its demise. That is, the kingdoms of this world, the kingdoms of the Gentiles, and against all odds, Israel will come to the front. Israel will be the spiritual leader of the nations. Israel will take its position that God always wanted it to take from... I've lost a part of my notes, but we'll leave it. <laughs> always, t- it will take the place that God always intended it to have, a spiritual leader, humbly teaching the Gentiles the way of the Lord. They failed. They were taken out of the land. And as I said last week, the church was given that responsibility at Pentecost. Go ye all the world and spread the gospel. What's the church done? What's the church doing? Does the world know about the Lord Jesus? Well, praise God for radio, television and computer that probably today it's getting out there, but a lot of people don't even know who the Lord Jesus is. We're failing in getting the message out and and keeping the message clean, keeping it separate, keeping it straight. Well, Luke 21 27 we read there that's in the portion where our key verse is from verse 24 the key verse but in verse 27 and then shall they see the son of man coming in the cloud with power and great glory the eventual demise of the gentile domination of the world and of israel itself just about when israel's going to be wiped off the face of the earth the annihilation almost happens the Lord Jesus turns up (laughs) and they see him coming let me just read these don't look them up in Daniel 2 34 and 35 there it's about the image of the man that was standing there with the gold head and all that in in chapter 2 verse 34 and 35 we read, And thou sawest until a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image, all these empires, from the Egyptians, the Assyrians, Babylonians, Medo-Persians, Greeks and Romans. It smote the image upon its feet, and the iron of, that were of iron and clay, and broke them in pieces. Then were the iron and clay, and brass and silver and gold, broken in pieces together, and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floor. And the winds carried them away, there was found no place from them. And the stone that smote the image be- became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Jesus' kingdom will be established. The empires will be obliterated. 
and the Lord's kingdom will come. And he will allow us to have either electrical, <laughs> diesel, steam, whatever. whatever. We'll find out on the day, won't we? But it does say this. There's a little hint there. That ship, ships of Tarshish will bring my people home at the start of the kingdom of the millennium. It does say that. Ships have diesel engines. <laughs> don't have steam engines anymore, but they do have, and they don't, they don't have sails anymore unless you've got a sailboat. <laughs> but that's what. <clears throat> and the other little hint, and I, I won't press it too hard, but they come like doves to the window. How does the dove get around? It flies. Who knows? The Lord could just say, you know, you're an America Jewish person, you're coming home. You know, you're zapped there. The Lord can do that. No, he can do anything. And he could do that. But I think he uses people to get his people back. And they bring their gold and their silver to establish the kingdom of Israel. But they're the stone. The Lord Jesus, the rock of ages, cut out without heart, smites the empires of this world, obliterates their memory, and establishes his kingdom. Daniel chapter 7, verse 9, 13 and 14, and 9, uh, 7, 22. Until the ancient of days comes and his saints possess the kingdom. That's when the Gentiles will have run their course until the ancient of days comes. Who is the ancient of days? Who has been around for all eternity? The Lord himself, the Lord God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And they possess the kingdom. They take it, and it has to be taken by force, sad to say. Wouldn't you think when then God turned up that the nations would say, yes, God is here. They'll do it for Antichrist. Well, they cry out for a leader, a world leader, but they won't do it for the Lord Jesus Christ, the Ancient of Days. The bent of man is against God. In Ezekiel twenty-one twenty-five to 27, there it tells us this. I will overturn, overturn, overturn. Three times. And talking about Israel is overturning, overturning. And many say it's the three Babylonian captivities. But he overturned them. And then it says, until... He comes whose right it is, and I will give it to him. Give what to him? The kingdom. He will overturn, overturn until he comes. Until he comes, the Lord Jesus, we're not going to establish the kingdom. The church is not going to establish a kingdom. You have those people that did once believe it, and not many do believe that way anymore, that the church is going to evangelize the world and all the world people are going to become Christians and, the, and then we'll bring the kingdom in. No, we won't bring the kingdom in. The Lord will bring the kingdom in when he arrives as the Ancient of Days. Revelation nineteen fifteen. it says, He will smite the nations, as referred to Psalm 2, 9. Thou shalt break them, the nations, the Gentile nations, with a rod. Thou shalt dash them in pieces. And it does say in, in getting into detail in Revelation that in the great earthquake all the cities of the nations, what? Fell. Jude verse 14 and 15. The Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints to take over the world. Revelation eleven fifteen to 17. The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. 
Does that... I mean, that's pretty easy to understand, but some people totally confuse it. And in Thessalonians it says, Then shall the wicked one be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. The Antichrist, the last world ruler, the Lord will smite him and destroy him with the brightness of his coming. So, how close are we to all this happening? And this is what moves me to preach about this very subject because we're so close to the last Gentile system being in place. There's a lot of talk about that. Books have been written about it. We're so close, but are you ready? Because prior to that happening, Jesus is going to come in the air and we shall go up to meet him in the air. If you're not a Christian, you'll be left here for the time of tribulation. As my uncle put it in his book 60, 70 years ago, he put a topic, Can These Bones Live?, Talking about Ezekiel 37. That's the question asked. Can these bones live? (laughs) The statesmen said no. Jews said no. (laughs) The world said no. The Arabs definitely said no. Can these bones? Israel live again. It's living again. (laughs) I can't stop it because God has ordained it. It'll happen. They are living. The preterists say, no, it's all fulfilled in the past. It's not going to happen. Denying the reality of it. What's the other people? The um, people that say, replacement theologians, say, no, it won't happen. And it has happened. Wake up. (laughs) It's happened. And we're there. Are we there yet? Yeah, we're almost there yet. (laughs) The Lord's telling his children, we're almost there. Just wait a few more minutes in the back seat. We'll be at our holiday destination soon. (laughs) It's called heaven. (laughs) And just hang in there. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. You know, your reward is waiting you. As Christians, stay true. If you're not a Christian, get saved. (laughs) Get saved. Flee from the wrath to come. Come to the Lord Jesus while there is still time to come. These bones will live. It's high time to wake out of our sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The times of the Gentiles is almost done. Israel's almost finished being trodden down. It will be trodden down again by the Antichrist. But the Lord will come and destroy him and take over. When these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. Occupy till I come. Let's be busy about God's business in these days in which we live, because people need to know the Lord. Millions and billions of them. Turn hearts as you have opportunity to look into the word and get saved. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. We have covered much ground from beginning to end 
We've seen the nations and where they've come from and how long time has been. But Lord, we're at the end of time, almost for the Gentile nations. Those that were scattered at the Tower of Babel will be brought into subjection and submission to the King of Kings as he rules them with a rod of iron from Jerusalem. And Lord, because these things are happening around us that we see transpiring, because world events are moving fast toward that point, may we be prepared to meet the Saviour soon. May we not be ashamed before him at his coming because we've been occupying till he come. And Lord, if there's, not a, if there's a person that's not a Christian who's listening in or here today, may they trust the Lord Jesus as their saviour because he died to pay for their sins and he's coming, coming again to receive us who are believers unto himself. Bless them with salvation. Thank you for your word. Bless us as we go our way in Jesus' name. Amen.